Welcome to another episode of the Most of Musa podcast. Today I have in the studio a rock star, <laughs> Lynn Harstede. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really glad you came here. So we met like about a month ago. Yeah. And this was that was my first ever live concert or music event. And I used to think before, like when my friends told me, oh, I went to this concert and we had a great time. I always used to think, like, how can you enjoy just standing there listening to music? I can do it at home, you know, what's the big deal? <laughs> but then when I went to your event, it was like super, like I could feel the energy, like from the band and like from the crowd, like people banging their heads and uh, the loud music. Uh, it was just amazing. I wish I was... I was not doing photography. I was like just enjoying the moment. Well, next time you have to come as a guest. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm Plus, so thankful you came. Yeah, it was awesome. Plus, I, I recognize like this. There's this chaotic energy in your eyes, and <laughs> I saw that come out on stage. Like when you're on stage, yeah. you like you have the same personality on stage and off stage. Uh, the way you bring out your energies feels like you have becoming. 100% of yourself and like I, I recognize there were several different bands at the event and you were the more livelier one you just <laughs> the stage wasn't just your space you wanted to connect with the audience you wanted to reach into their minds engage with the audience yeah yeah at that time the stage was a little bit too small for me not I don't want it to like sound like this big huge rock star like I want uh, you know Madison Square Garden or so I do but at that time I felt like a little bit limited to the stage um because it was uh, it was kind of small and you know the monitors were on the stage so you had to be on the stage to have the the hearing um, but I still want to connect a lot with the audience as you noticed so I was like flying around in the audience as well because I have everything on like no wires so um yeah uh, i try to be like everywhere at the mm -hmm. same time yeah like once i do like these podcasts for like an hour like my voice starts like hoarsing and becomes rough yeah how do you how do you practice like your voice how do you keep it like healthy and you know uh, my so, voice or are you talking about just like about in general advices, like singers general. hard rock singers like how do you guys uh, maintain that voice yeah uh, for my sake uh, i have to warm up uh, it takes like 40, 45 minutes. Uh, if I have like a long gig for like two hours or so, I don't warm up with vocal um, like activity. I only do like a relax, um, you know, uh, relax, uh, how, how to say it? Like relaxing your voice, relaxing yeah. vocal cords, relaxing yeah. exercises. Yeah, like a vib the vibrator, like uh, it's uh, it's like this, like... Uh, it's like really, you know, sparkling. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called vocal fry. So all I do is just I'm just all relaxing all my muscles in the in the throat and in the in neck uh, and the shoulders, of course. And then I just let the the vocal cords vibrate by themselves and just just feel the tense, let it go, you know. So, and then when I when I'm comfortable with uh, I start to go in the scale, you know. Like, uh, So I do that before stage and I do it after stage just to calm down the vocal cords. Mm -hmm. So I recommend you to do that. Uh -huh, okay, then before the podcast. I need yeah, before and after. Yeah. yeah, especially before because uh -huh. then they are like ready for you. And then your stomach and all the muscles on, on the lower part of your body will work for you instead of the neck and, and so on. Uh -huh, okay. You don't need the neck. You don't need the throat. 
the voice comes from a, like lower part, like the gut. And yeah, I'd like to say the gut, but when I'm screaming, when I'm doing my screams, I actually sing from the vagina. To uh-huh. be honest. Okay. Yeah, it kind of sounds weird, but I'm. It's not like I'm. I'm imagining it singing. It comes out these notes. It's not that kind of way. It's not that you know iconic any anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just that I, I feel the muscles from it. You know, uh-huh, okay. as a woman. So I'm just like I'm going up there, woman. You're independent. You're strong. Yeah, yeah. You can do this. You know. So, yeah. so instead of going on the bed and enjoying yourself, you're going on the stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's my way. <laughs> so, in, so these vocal cord exercises—they're kind of like when you go to the gym and you warm up, do some stretches. It's kind of like the same basic yeah. idea. Yeah, it's the same, mm-hmm. and it's actually really damaging to not warm up. So, mm-hmm, yeah. and everyone knows it, but still, when you're on the stage or or when you have a gig at all in public. Before it's a lot harder to do, just go backstage and do the vocal warm up. It's easier to just hang around, you know, talk to po- people, socialize. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that you really have to do, especially on gigs, is to warm up. So just take like 15 minutes, 30 minutes on your own, and then you can go out and socialize as well. But just like as for your own sake, for your own throat, just mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what about your ears then? I mean, you can't really exercise them. Like, does the hearing go bad if you like keep going, keep going on gigs? Is that or do you wear some kind of earphones when you're performing? Uh, I have my own ear pl- earplugs that I have. Uh, they are like uh, done in a, a special form that is formed from my own ears, mm-hmm. you know, in silicon. Uh, and uh, that's my the best instrument I ever bought. Uh, and I can put on filters in it. So I depend, uh, I choose which one, which filter to use, um, depending on the situation and how, how high decibel it is and how low I want to, to, to lower it or higher it. Uh, when I'm on stage, I have my own monitors and my own mix, so I can hear it in my own hearing, but still I have the, the, the silicone form in my ear. So I just switch the filter to uh, a phone instead, a special phone that is uh, yeah, formed as well with the, with the silicone form. Okay, and yeah. it doesn't hinder your ability because when you have something in your ear, like your voice is a bit different to yourself. So yeah, that doesn't affect while you're singing or. No, now I'm getting like really used to hear my own voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning, it was hard. Uh, we talked about it earlier before, but you know when you're not uh, used to hear your own voice. Yeah. <laughs> and then you hear it. You know, it's recorded, or you hear it by through a microphone. Uh, then you get this, uh, you know, uh, small details or frequencies that you really don't hear mm-hmm. by your own. Um, so that can, when you get used to it, it's your best friend, you know. But yeah. in the beginning, as you said, it's a little bit uncomfortable and it's like, oh, who is this? But, it, you know, it's me. Um, but, you know, just get used to your equipment. So the best instrument I ever bought was my hearing equipment. It saved me a lot. Uh, I know uh, musicians who started at the same time as I did who already have tinnitus and hearing damages. And I'm all free from that, you know, because I've used the uh, plugins from the beginning and I've been really careful about my hearing. Mm-hmm. So that's the best instrument. And after that, it's the microphones. Mm-hmm. Mm. So when did you first start singing or being interested in music in that way? Uh, I've been singing like since I was a kid with my twin sister, actually. Uh, and we used to do these harmonies on each other. So she was always the lead singer and I did the harmonies in the background. Um, I started listening to hard rock at age of five. And then it was Joey Tempest, the final countdown, who was inspired me. And I was like, I want to be like him. I want to be up there. I want to be in front and I want to sing the final countdown. Um, yeah, so that's like how it started at age of five. That's 
when I got like uh, motivated to start something. But you know, um, as a kid, uh, you don't have the abilities and not the financial situation actually. And I didn't, most of it, most of the reason I didn't start the band earlier was because I was so insecure in myself. Uh, and then I started the band for real 2014. Th- this band, yeah, Carpet Time. What was that final motivation that pushed you to make this band? How did you come up with that decision suddenly? Uh, it was, uh, I was suffering from this major depression. So uh, I was sick for four years. Uh, unable to work. Yeah, I had this PTSD uh, as well. Uh, later on, I got my diagnosis, so it, that explained the whole situation actually, but it took a lot of years to get there. And the therapist was like, you need to go start a band. That's yeah. the only way to cure <laughs> <No>. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you need a hard rock band to get out of this. No, but I was like, okay, uh, I got one life now. I'm giving life one more chance, you know. And in this in this chance, I want to do it all. I want to taste every food. I want to smell every smell. I want to drink every drink that's ever been able to drink. I'm not absinthe and so on. But you know, you get the picture. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going if I'm going to live this life, I'm going to live it like 100%. So now I'm starting the band. Mm, cool, cool. Yeah. And how did you meet your bandmates? Mm, at that time, I added uh, some ads on the internet, uh, hired some uh, rehearsal halls that had equipment because at the time I didn't have like anything. Uh, Yeah, I had a guitar amp and a guitar, electric guitar, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I just started to interviewing people and having auditions. So I wrote the song uh, by myself, sent it to them, and I told them to make an interpreting of the song Mm -hmm. and then come with a cover cover as well. Uh, Come to the rehearsal hall and try it out, you know. Mm -hmm. So I met like uh, 17 guitarists. 11 drummers and 21 bass guitar players. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and what made you choose the ones you have now? Uh, actually, it's not the original members right now. Okay. It's only me left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at that's that... the story of every single band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> members change all the time. Yeah, for everyone uh, except Ramones, I guess. Uh, or Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Ramones. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, the drummer, I felt he was like really human, you know? We connected in a in a way, uh, socializing, mm-hmm. uh, and his technique was really good. You know, he was stable. He was independent. Uh, you knew where you had him all all uh, along, like mm-hmm. from the beginning. Uh, the guitarist was a little bit like uh, you know tricky one, mm-hmm. uh, but he could play like a fucking god. You know, uh, he's from Greece and he put his Greece culture into it, the folk music of Greece into the to this warm uh, kind of slash sound from Guns N' Roses, you know, uh, and really put a flavor to Carpet Time at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the bass came like, uh, the bass, sorry. Uh, the bass came like, uh, I don't know, six months later, I think we were trying out a lot of people, but then we met this uh, guy called Daniel and yeah, he just fit in. Yeah. Like I remember doing group projects in school and it's the worst possible assignment you can get because everybody has their own way of working. Mm-hmm. Even though we ha- all have the same goal, we want to get a good result. Yeah. But everyone doesn't do all the work. One is doing all the work. Yeah. One is making <laughs> writing something. One is making presentations. But in a band, it's, it is a group project where everything has to, all the people have to come together like this. Yeah. I can't imagine how hard that can be. Is it like, uh, is it like a good chemistry between your band? Do you have a lot of disagreements or are you generally more like 
okay, we're going in this direction. Uh, we're going in this direction. Um, but it is, uh, you know, if everyone would be as driven, you know, I, I could say like, I don't want to brag in any way, but I'm kind of driven in the band, you know, uh, I want to make things happen. I, I want to like get further on. I work a lot uh, with the band. And if everyone would work as much as I do, and if everyone was as driven, we would act absolutely like get conflicts in the band, you know, mm -hmm. to make a group work. You sometimes need someone who's just, you know, go straight ahead. And you, you need also someone who's like breaking, you know, so you need a gas in a break. Uh, and then you also need a gear, you know, someone who is like uh, communicating in the group and tr making people talk uh, to, to one another and to, to be comfortable enough to say their opinion. Uh, and then you always need a yes man, you know, who's just there. He's, he's showing up the right time. He's like, okay, let's try. Okay, let's try, you know, uh, which makes it funny as well. So uh, at the meantime, right now, we're having a, a terrific group. We have a touring group? Sorry, what did you say? A terrific group. A terrific group. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. they're great, the guys. Cool, cool. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you had insecurity about, you know, making a band and performing. Mm -hmm. But this is super imita uh, intimidating. Like, um, uh, in all of the world, the first uh, the first fear that people have is death, and the second one is public speaking, being in front of people. Oh. And you, with your insecurities and anxieties, like being in, in front of a stage and everything, uh, I mean, basically, my question is, when you're at the stage, do you still have the anxiety or is it more of a therapeutic experience for you? You're like, yes, now I'm going to go rock hard and forget about everything else. Mm, I don't have anxiety. Uh, I, I never think I've had anxiety about the stage, mm -hmm. really, because um, the stage is kind of my home. Uh, I'm so free there and 100% myself, you know, I let everything go. Uh, the fear came uh, before the stage, like, okay, so I'm about to write songs now. All of my songs that I've been written uh, in my living room by myself are now going public, you know. And the main group that I was insecure of is not the general people or like, you know, everyone. Uh, the main people that I was insecure about was my family. Like, okay, uh, is my family going to like what I'm writing, you know? How uh, would uh, my sister feel if I wrote this lyric? Uh, how would my daughter react if she heard these words? Uh, that, would she think that it's about her? It's not. Do I have to tell her before? You know, it was like 100 uh, thoughts before the stage. When I reached the stage, it's like freedom. Mm -hmm. I'm all there. You know, it's, it's like now I'm there. I'm present. I'm hearing everything. <laughs> and I'm like really present. I can't think of anything else. No, so I'm just, yeah, alive. Yeah, I can relate in a bit because sometimes when I'm having conversations in the podcast mm -hmm. and I would bring up something, like even some of my friends have approached and they were like, what are you talking about me? So yeah. that's kind of always in the back of my head. In a way, like these are um, like the friend, the friends that, are, that told, tell me stories mm -hmm. or experiences that I have seen, even though... It's their actions, but I'm also present in the moment. Yeah. It's kind of like who owns the copyright, you know, for that, for the <laughs> experience, for that story. Yeah. If yeah. I tell a story here, can a friend be like, hey, uh, you know, this thing happened to me. Yeah, right. I don't want you yeah. to tell me. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's a tricky thing. Yeah, it's edgy. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, when you write songs, is it related to your personal life? Do the lyrics and emotions come from there? The good one does. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm trying to um, to make a distance to it, it doesn't get as good as I want it to be. Uh, that doesn't mean, like, for instance, if you date a guy, you know, and you write a song, maybe you're writing like a, about another guy. Mm-hmm. Like it's been like ages before, but still the guy thinks it's about him, you know. So it's always a, a, an a ongoing conversation, you know. Is that one about me? You know, it's like, no, it's not. Uh, but it's, yeah, uh, how to say, when it's personal, yeah, I get the most out of it. Uh, then I can find it, like, if I had, need uh, rhyming words or so on, uh, I could get, uh, like, metaphors to it more easily because I got the feeling on my own. Mm-hmm. And then I can create a new metaphor for it. Uh, if I'm, like, writing about uh, something that happened to someone else uh, or a situation in somewhere else, I don't have the connection to it. So then I, I'm, like, I cannot start my, uh, create my own metaphors. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I I need a more the more private thing going on, you know. And have you ever thought about? Have you ever had this insecurity that you're writing about the lyrics that are very personal to you, but now the whole world is gonna listen to them and know a bit more about me deeply? Is that a concern of yours? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that took me like really. Uh, I think what it was um, a song called Nightmare Lullaby. Uh, I wrote it 2008, I think. Uh, I started to write it and, uh, you know, I, I didn't have the guts to show it to anyone uh, until like 2014. Uh, when I showed it to the band for the first time, it was uh, 2016, I think, 17. And then we recorded it and published it 2018. And that was, um, I don't know. It felt like I had the world on my, sho- on my shoulders. And then when it was uh, published and released, uh, it was like, I, I felt like kind of uh, freedom, how to say. And still it's really, you know, secret. It's not that obvious what, is it, uh, what it is about. Um, but still, I feel this huge commitment to it and letting it go to the free world. It was like, I don't know. Um, I guess that's the magic of something like that. I appreciate art when uh, you know what it's about, but to the other people, it's kind of like a puzzle. Yeah. They don't fully understand the deep levels of it. No, exactly. Yeah. And I like to write it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, try to bring, bring a metaphor. As I said, I work a lot of med- with uh, metaphors. Um, I, lo- I love pictures. Um, uh, I know sign, sign language. Uh-huh. So I'm um, used to like talk with my hands in uh, an I- iconic way, um, which I also would like to bring in the lyrics when I write for the, for the music. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to like, uh, sometimes I sign it in sign language. The oh, lyrics. So while you're singing, yeah, I you're sign doing it. Signing. Yeah, uh-huh, just okay. to get, the, just to mobilize a picture for myself. What am I talking about? So I'm like, it's like a visual map or um, like um, how to say a photography by your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you create it like the car, and I will put it there, and then she walks from the car to the store, 
you know, or something. Uh, and then I get the picture of it. So maybe I should sing about uh, the car neck. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, reflecting in the window of the store. Maybe that's a line all of a sudden, you know. So I create the, the lines from the picture that I just created uh, with my hands. So I'm trying to think in pictures when I when I write. Yeah, that's very creative. <laughs> yeah, I like it. And yeah. Yeah. You definitely have an artistic mind. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank so you. You wrote this book. Tell me about this. Yeah. When did you decide to? You're a multi-talented person. You know, sign language. You're a musician. You're writing <laughs> books. You're acting. So. Uh, the book. Yeah. What is it called? In Swedish, it's called Ett dygn på M76. Uh, a translation would be, um, yeah, um, one day and night <laughs> at M76, which is um, a reception in a mental hospital. Mm. And why did you write about this? Uh, because I went there as a patient mm. and I met a lot of persons there and um, beautiful persons uh, they you know everyone talked about mental illness very openly uh, it was you know in Sweden especially Stockholm uh, we are quiet and we are smiling and everything is good and everything is Instagram and hashtag YOLO you know uh, so when I went there uh, at the mental hospital in Stockholm everyone all of a sudden talked really openly about mental illness um, so I listened to their stories and I kept mine to myself. When uh, was this? How old were you? Uh, I still have some memory issues about it, but I think I was like, uh, it must have been like 2013 or 14. I okay. Think. And how long were you there for? Uh, a few weeks. I don't remember. Um, at the first time. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And even though, like, I feel like the Western country, like Scandinavia, we're very open-minded about mental health. You see, like, in social media and people talking about we should be more open about mental health, but there's still people don't really freely talk about it. Mm. Like, whenever you bring up uh, this subject in a group or whatever in a setting, people will be like, it's like bringing politics or religion in a subject, you know? People yeah. will be like, oh, why are you being a buzzkill? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then it's like, as you said, we're talking about that we should talk about it, but we don't talk about it, you know? We still talk about, oh, I know someone who also went there. Yeah, I know someone also stressed out, you know? But we don't talk about, hey, what happened? How's it going? You know, we don't talk about it. It's like, oh, I know someone, you know? And then it's all quiet, you know? That's it. That's how we talk about it. Um, yeah, but at that place, I met all of these persons, then, and I wanted to like show the world that it's like uh, several reasons why you end up in a mental hospital. And I got inspired from the the horror movie Saw. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I think it's like one one day, right? One day and night uh, at the same place, one yeah, room. Same place, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I brought to this book. So it's one day. And I'm meeting 24 different persons and everyone has their story to tell. Why did they end up there in one place one day, you know? So everyone gets like one hour. Mm. Uh, at the end of the chapter, it's like 24 chapters because it's 24 hours in one day, you know? And at the end of each chapter, I have this picture because I want to, again, 
uh, talk with pictures as well. Mm-hmm. And I also add a song, like an advice, like listen to this song to get some reflections about what you just have been read. Mm-hmm. You know? That's really interesting. You mentioned that everybody, when you went there, everybody was more open mm. to talk about their experiences, but you were more reserved. Yeah. Did you eventually open up or were you just like that? Throughout? No, I did open up. Uh, uh, I kind of got it, you know, the thing. Like in the beginning, I was like a shy cat, you know, walking along the walls, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, hiding. And then uh, there was this guy. Uh, he told me that if you want to get out of here, uh, you got to open up. Uh, otherwise, we will wait. We will wait for you. Uh, it took like uh, two days more, I think, and then I started to talk. Mm. Um, you felt like talking made it better? It lifted the burden? No, in the beginning I just talked to get out of there, mm. just to like kind of trying to manipulate them to get out. Uh, but uh, because it wasn't my free will to to end up there. Um, it wasn't or was? No, it wasn't. Okay. No. Uh, so I was like, I want to get out, you know. So, <laughs> but you know they they've been through this journey before so i had no chance you know yeah. I, i just kept on talking and they're like yeah we know you're, you're talking but you're not talking about the main reason you know mm. and eventually i opened up for real uh, so yeah mm-hmm. and then i could start work with issues you know get mm-hmm. some therapy get the knowledge of how to move on and so did you get some medication as well yeah <laughs> how was that experience because i've heard very mixed feelings some people mm. i've taken medication myself some people have had very bad experiences very bad side effects mm. or some people it worked what was your experience at that time i got this thing called california rocket fuel sounds like a party drug yeah it kind of is uh, it's a combination of three different medicines that makes you a zombie unable to think of your own um i guess it saved my life because uh, i was really uh, you know create uh, creative and um like i said kind of uh, manipulating telling everything was fine wanted to get out see i can manage on my own um but um when i got the medication first i didn't feel anything i was so tired and um I couldn't make my make up my mind about anything at all. Uh and I had a hard time to like uh, read, uh understand the uh, numbers. Um remembering things. So I hated the medication. Uh but I still took it just to get out. Um but uh, then I got it. Uh I I I I get it now afterwards. But at that time it was a lot of side effects and uh, as I said I was like a zombie. Uh, I think my the persons who went there to come visit me I think that they didn't recognize me and that's why I don't remember such much mm-hmm. about it but it's this um, one thing conclusion that they put in you know at the, the critical phase mm-hmm. are you still taking the medicine no not that one no uh, I'm uh, I and en- I ended with that one after like one mm-hmm. year I think or so it was terrible to get off you know uh, a lot of side effects like a lot it was um no i wasn't recognize myself or my body or anything everything was wrong i thought i had a stroke like five times <laughs> so, <laughs> nothing was working 
So uh, no, California rocket fuel is not my recommendation. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Take the Florida car fuel instead. <laughs> yeah, definitely go with that. No, when I was taking medication for the first time, my doctor like was going through the list of side effects. I'm like, might as well just stick with my symptoms <laughs> rather than I'm just like substituting one sickness for another sickness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love this one. The side effect, depression. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? Really? <laughs> Again? And so. th- not just that. They're like, oh, the first few weeks, it's going to double. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything goes double. Like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Are you trying to cure me or make me worse? <laughs> but the sleeping medication was terrible, I think. You know, they gave me a different one uh, because they didn't know which one to fit me on my body. Mm. Uh, and one time I got this medication that... Uh, they didn't tell me at the end, they didn't tell me which one to give me, you know, because they were trying out a lot. Uh, so I just took it just to get, like, get off my fucking back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but one time it was done, I woke up in the middle of the night, it was like a sleeping pill, you know. Uh, so I woke up and I was like, what, dude? You know, isn't this shit going to work at all? And then I had to walk. I had to just walk, 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 walk. My legs were like, you know, swirling because it felt like all the blood was like running high, yeah. you know. So I had to go go back and forth in the corridor. And I think I went back back and forth for three hours and just walk, 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 walk. And they were like, okay, this is not it. <laughs> oh, thank you, dude. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they yeah. were like, ah, uh, not this one. <laughs> Isn't that weird that when you're like, when you have some other physical sickness, mm. like doctors know exactly which medication to give you. Yeah. And like, if they give you wrong one, it's like a big oopsie, you know? <laughs> Like even for the doctors themselves, but when it comes to mental health, they're like, "Oh, we don't know what's gonna work. Just like no. give you this. This doesn't work. We'll take this. This doesn't work. Yeah. Take this." And for a person who's not very well educated or very well versed in this like mental health, uh, the subject, they will take one, and if they had bad experience, they will like that will stop them from taking any other medication. Yeah. So it's kind of like a really weird thing. Yeah. But I guess it must be hard as well for them because, you know, everybody is individual. So, yeah, exactly. and you know, how m- my medication maybe not work on your, even mm. though we have like the same diagnosis, you know? Mm. And so it's like really, yeah, it must be tough for them as well. Yeah, the brain is a complicated thing. Yeah. <laughs> but your one thing I've noticed people don't talk about when it comes to mental health or depression is memory loss. Like, memory loss is a big symptom. Yeah. And I really see people talk about it. And even when I tell my friends, they're like, wait, you don't remember things? Mm. Like, what does that mean? Mm. But literally, I don't know if it's part of, uh, if it's a direct part of my depression or is it something like a, it's like a coping mechanism. I remember I've, I've literally have so little memory of my childhood. Like when my family, my cousins, let me think about this, like, Before I came to Sweden in 2013, let's say before 2010, Mm -hmm. I have literally very less than 10 maybe memories or like very, very basic small things. And when my cousins or my my sister, my my family bring up something from Mm -hmm. my past, I'm like, oh, did I say that? Did that really happen? Like, Mm -hmm. I have no recollection. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking, is this because of my depression? That is obviously uh, one of the side effects. But it's also because some trauma that is associated with those memories that I've tried so hard to lock them away Mm. from thinking about them that my brain is like, okay, 
they've been in the locked vault in the back of my mind for so long that the brain has just completely erased them from the folder, you know? Yeah, in a way. Yeah. So it's, it's so hard. Yeah. At, in, on one hand, you don't want to uh, go through those recollections, those memories, because they're very traumatic. They mm. make you feel very bad. But at the same time, losing your memory, whether good or bad, is hard on yourself because memories is what makes us, you know, if we don't know our past, what's our future going to be? Yeah. So it's um, like it's bad and bad on both sides. I don't want to go through either of them. No, I get it. I only had the the near memory last. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't remember. I I remember one time and I was standing outside this, um, uh, you know, still losing words like that one for real. Uh, anyway, it was this. Um, Just any place. <laughs> yeah, any place. But you know, when you uh, traffic lights, yeah. you know, uh, and I was going through. Um, I was walking, so I was passing the road, uh, and I was waiting at the traffic light, and I saw it was like red, you know, <laughs> uh, yellow and green, and then all of a sudden I was like, okay, shit, I don't remember which one am I allowed to walk on, you know? So I stood there for a long time and tried to figure it out. And I couldn't even think of that I could reach my phone and just, you know, Google it. So I was just standing there trying to calculating it out. And I didn't get it. And then all of a sudden my phone calls, you know. So I'm answering. But the, the thing is that I don't know. It's still red and green, you yeah, know. The phone it's, it's, so, so I was like, <laughs> fuck, the same issue again, you know. So I just tried one and I obviously put the red one. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I hope that they dial again, you know. So they did, and I tested the, the the green one, you know, answering. And it was my drink. And I was on my way to meet her, and she saw me from the window. She was like, Lynn, you're 20 minutes late. What the fuck are you up to, you know? You're standing at the traffic light. And I was like, yeah, uh, I don't remember which one am I allowed to cross, you know? And she was like, uh, it's the green one. And I was like, yeah. Well, the problem is that I can't remember which one is green, you know? And she was like... Okay, we got a problem here, you know. And when I came up, I was so ex- exhausted, totally exhausted, uh, just for go- walking in, in in public in the traffic, you know. The, all the expressions and the, you are exposed to a lot of impressions, you know. Uh, so I was so exhausted when I when I got there, and she was like, "Don't you remember?" And I was like, "No." And then she took my driving's license. Can they do that legally? Yeah, I lost my driving license for like, I don't know, eight months or something. I got it back afterwards, but I wasn't allowed to drive Mm -hmm. because of the near memory loss. So it was too dangerous, you know. I get it now, but at the time I was, uh, you know, super angry. No, I'm not going back to this place, you know, you're making my life a hell. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess they were like, they knew what they were doing, actually. Mm. So... What, did your mental health get the worst, like um, like when you went to the, let's say, the hospital? Mm-hmm. Did something traumatic happen just before or did something uh, traumatic happen way past and then it just got worse now? Uh, do you understand what I mean? Like um, when, when you went to the mental hospital. What was the reason? Yeah, what was the reason? The reason that happened, the whatever the experience was, was it... Re- really recent or was it like way far back that this got worse now um well at that time um it was um yeah it was a lot of reasons that happened 
way back, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was like this one big main reason, I guess, that just, you know... Um, Something big happened that triggered it. Yeah. And then I just, uh, you know, like I guess a lot of people have been um, talking about, uh, I just, I walked the whole line, you know? Mm-hmm. So I... Uh, uh, I tried to kill myself, and then um, a lot of people got angry with me, and then they locked me in. Mm-hmm. They said, uh, we got two different ways to do this one. One, you accept this and walk with us today. And two, uh, we go the legal way, and we get all the papers done, and then you're going with us anyway, but then you get a harder time to get out of there. So you, if you want to come with us now, you can get out much more easily. And uh, these are the hospital people? Yeah, Okay. The hospital. So I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it the first way, you know. So I followed them and uh, did everything that they wanted me to do. And I just, you know, they was in charge. I gave up, you know, because it couldn't get worse. Yeah. Anyway, so my only plan was to get out and do it again. Uh, but uh, the thing is that when I get out, when I got out for real, I didn't want to do it. So something changed. Did you feel like you were cured in a way or did did the going to the hospital make you feel better in any way? Um tricky question because at the time um like I said it was like a game for me. I just wanted to get out of there. To say the right things to get out, to just, you know, uh, act like I was uh, not a troublemaker and that they could do whatever they wanted with me, and then I got out, you know. Um, but, um, you know, when I when I broke my bubble, uh, so to say, uh, I didn't need to uh, get out, or and then I started to accept the treatment. So uh, I guess it broke me down to build me up in some way. Uh, but, you know, like all treatments, it's hard in the beginning, you know, it, it hurts, uh, and it's really super heavy. So you have to go back a little bit and then to just to get up again, you know, mm-hmm. um, like it is every time when you're tr- trying to change something in the beginning, it's you don't want to change. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. But then then you get it, you know, mm-hmm. so it definitely saved my life. Absolutely. Yeah, I have talked to I've talked to my friends about suicide. Mm-hmm. And one thing my friend said that seemed really bizarre to me, he said it's very selfish. Mm hmm. And I'm like, being selfish, it means I'm being narcissist. Like, I think I'm the center of attention and everything is about me. Mm. But how can suicide be selfish when I want to end myself, you know? Yeah. When I want to end everything, I don't want to, I don't want no attention. I don't care whatever happens to me afterwards. This is the end. Yeah. So how can that be selfish? Like, you and me can know what drives a person to that moment. Yeah. But for a person who doesn't go, they have no idea. No. That how, what kind of dark places a mind can go to. Exactly. And, yeah, I've heard that one before. I also heard, uh, one thing that really came to my mind when you were talking now is like this feeling that I got at the time. It's like, okay, I get it now. I get it. If I kill someone else, I get it that you all guys are angry with me. I get it, totally get it. But now I'm just trying to kill myself. You know, why are you so angry? It's just my life. 
and it will be a lot better without me. So just let it be. Just let me do this thing. Uh, so I couldn't get the feeling of why people were so angry with me, you know. And like you said, they told me that I was selfish. Like, okay, dude, I did this for you, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I don't know. It feels like people are, are thinking a lot about it. But if you haven't been there, um, I, I recommend people to be careful. Yeah, I have a friend who is also very much depressed. And when he was young, um, he took the doctor gave him some medicine and he had horrible side effects. Mm-hmm. And since then, he's been totally against medication. Even uh, if I recommend, hey, you don't have to take the same one again. Try a different than one that might work. But since that first experience, he's like completely no. Mm. And like it's hard to convince someone that it's going to work, you know. Like I was thinking about this when when you stop a person from committed suicide, okay? Mm. People usually say what's the keyword, okay? You it's going to get better. It doesn't stay hard all the time. These are the main, you know, people mm. words that say to make you feel better. But to me personally, it does not make me feel better because there's literally no guarantee you can give me that it will get better. There's a 50 50% chance. Yeah. Yeah. Might get better might get worse might stay the same you know <laughs> so there's possibly nothing you can say to me to guarantee that that no. the future is going to get better no and nobody knows my pain more than myself so you cannot justify in any way how you know if i should end my life or how to get treatment i know obviously nobody wants to see their friend their loved one being taken away from them you know no. and suicide especially even even like uh, I, if i commit suicide i know it's not the results of it's not i i can't blame anyone you know it's totally my own responsibility my own actions but if my friend committed suicide my family member committed suicide i would always everyone always thinks oh did i do something wrong maybe i could have treated mm. the person better yeah you know so maybe it's them being egoistic that yeah i've heard that i've thought about that as well like yeah. people are more concerned about their own like oh i don't want to feel bad no. if that person goes then mm. maybe god forbid if one of my friends or family members commit suicide and then the other people might be looking at me or i might be thinking mm. the other people are thinking hey this person was close to them yeah did yeah. they do something wrong could they have helped them i'm thinking that myself mm. could i have helped them I don't want to feel bad this way. Mm. I lost a loved one. Yeah. But why am I all concerned about myself? That's yeah. the person who lost their life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what are like even though I don't have those suicidal thoughts anymore, I don't look at suicide as a bad thing. I don't know. I think it's because I'm a religious person. I believe in an afterlife. Mm. and i believe this life is temporary we live like max 80 something years you know and then that's it and what the afterlife after we die is what we that's the main thing you know that's permanent okay so in a way i feel like i'm not attached to this world as my other friends who are maybe atheists because this world is everything for them yeah even if i'm not suicidal right now I'm 
okay with the concept of me dying right now. Okay. Like if let's say the angel of death comes right now. Okay. First of all, I'll be like, oh, an angel. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And he came, okay, Musa, it's your time. You know, you need yeah. to go. Yeah. I wouldn't be sad. I wouldn't be like, oh, I wish I became a billionaire. I wish I went ski jumping. I wish I had found the love of my life and mm. whatever, whatever. I'll be like, okay. Okay. Because I think like, even if I'm 80 mm. and I'm about to die, I will still have regrets. Nobody's ever completely 100% satisfied, you know? Nobody oh. wants to go. Oh. So I feel like if I'm not going to be satisfied then, I'm not going to be satisfied now. So what's the difference? Yeah, okay. Like, how do you see suicide? I see it like... I mean, I want to say it's a bad thing. <laughs> but I also believe a person should have the right if they have... Okay, that this is what I believe. I believe you sh- if a person is, let's say my friend is suicidal, he has depression. Yeah. I w- they should be given every single option to try to make them better. Therapy, medicine, whatever, mm. whatever, okay? But at the end of it all, nothing works. I think they have the right to end their life. I might, I might some people might say I'm really a bad person to say that, but I truly okay. believe okay. that a person... If they think that nothing is going to get better, it's their own body, it's their own choice. I believe it should be okay to take their own life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you because, uh, you know, I've been there. Um, it's like, I don't, I don't, like, if, I, I think, still think we should do everything for a person like they did for me. Like, even if I didn't want to go to the mental hospital, they, they forced me, like, kind of. And, and that saved my life. Like literally saved my life, and um, I was angry as fuck at the time uh, because I ended up in that situation that I failed in the beginning uh, for the first time. Voluntarily, yeah. Yeah, no, I failed with the suicidal plans, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, so I was angry with myself because uh, it, uh, I revealed it. You know, I haven't talked to anyone about suicidal suicide before, so I was really uh, that was like a big secret of mine, and now it was exposed. So now I had no trust left for no from no one and that ended up at the mental hospital and it saved me so uh i'm i'm at this position right now i'm not suicidal i uh, i love my life literally i'm not in your position that i can say that i'm like um ready whenever it's gonna to happen because i really love my life now i got a great job i got uh Uh, lovely friends i got my band going on and it's like uh, starting to you know happening st- stuff uh, i got my daughter which i love and my family uh, so uh, i'm at this great point of life right now that if i if the angel will come right now i would be like oh already mm-hmm. you know i would be a little bit disappointed yeah. so the, the angel of death thing Just put the, i'm not there the snooze button <laughs> yeah so i would re- definitely snooze him or her uh so yeah i'm not at that time but still when i hear like if someone loses their life uh, due to suicide uh i get uh, how to say we share a bond so i'm like it's okay you know i get you you did it i get it um you did it you're free now that's how i feel about it i don't want anyone to end up there and i think that everyone who is healthy enough to help another person out of it should 
and that we should put in uh, like if the peop- the person uh, is up for it medication uh, therapy uh, other kind of art treatment like in a musician kind of way in art kind of way like in uh, painting and so on um, whatever you know put in everything mindfulness do it all you know and when you've tried it all and life still sucks and you still want this badly then I'll tell you okay I get it you know but I really hope that you don't I really really hope yeah nobody wants to see another person die you know no bad no. thing yeah but mm-hmm. before you were sent to the hospital mm-hmm. you said nobody knew this side of your life well they knew I was ill but I don't know if they knew I was that ill mm-hmm. yeah but when you were ill did you try to get some help or were, what was your thinking did you think that okay uh you could get better yourself or no i didn't actually think that i could get better at all mm-hmm. i think i thought that okay this is my life now and uh, this is how it was to grow up this is the adult life it is like this and it's gonna be like this and everything is gonna get worse mm-hmm. you know but i was wrong and i'm so glad that i was wrong yeah yeah i mean i used to think because i i have ptsd as well and whatever happened that was when i was young mm. and especially in pakistan nobody really talks about mental health even in media or whatever you know okay so i didn't have anyone to talk to about it even like when you're young you don't even know what's going on you, f- you feel like oh maybe this is just normal like yeah. but then i felt like I'm the only person in the world that is experiencing this that this thing happened mm. you know mm. and you feel so lonely uh, and how do you even talk to someone about it like how do you even bring up the subject that you're going through this thing you think about killing yourself yeah and when you're young you don't even have words like you just know these emotions that's going on in your brain you have no way to decipher those emotions into words yeah but then i kept quiet for so long and that was a very bad thing yeah i told a friend or two i remember telling this friend and he was like oh yeah i mean i'm stressed as well you know we go to school school is stressed and mm-hmm. he didn't understand he thought oh it's just like a school like stress you know regular homework and all this kind of thing no one saw you like no like relative or no one in school or Anyone? I I didn't show it to public like no, I would pay, put a ha- mask on the happy yeah. guy Yeah exactly smiley, smiley face depression Yeah yeah exactly uh. or like quiet quiet face you know uh. people would be like oh he's just introverted he's quiet he doesn't uh. like to talk All right but I would cry in like my alone times like mm-hmm. I would suffer from it alone How was you when when you started to realize that <sighs> like uh, shit this is not uh, this is not how life should be you know Yeah, this is the part where I completely forget how old was I uh, when okay. when things started when I recognized. But it sounds like you were young, like really young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was really young when I realized something was wrong, that I was deeply deeply sad. Mm. I didn't even know this word depression even existed. I just knew I'm really sad mm. and I'm crying. I'm thinking about killing myself. and then i think when i came to sweden then i was like in my 18 19 20 
then you kind of have more idea of the world of your reality of what's going on you start hearing about mental health and all this kind of shit yeah then i could put into words or what i was feeling i was i i could tell okay i have anxiety i have depression and then i start making connections okay this thing happened in the past this is why i have anxiety this thing happened in the past this is why i have depression mm. i started to make these connections i became self aware found uh, your triggers yeah, yeah found my triggers found also found more about myself how my mind works yeah. if i do this hobby mm. i feel better if i stay alone home i don't have anything to do mm. i will start to have those thoughts so this trend when i came to sweden let's say early 20s maybe like 19ish mm. this was the period when i was growing through finding about myself cool then, and then you went to shrink here yeah that was very i went to shrink last year so that was really far oh yeah wow so i started talking to my friends slowly like really close friend like mm. little by little i would i would never reveal i'm suicidal i would just say hey i have depression mm. i have anxiety these small things yeah and and it's good to have like in a way you feel like oh this is a very tricking thing that you want to you want to have people around you who know that you're going through something so you have that kind of support mm. you can talk to them they can support you but at the same time once you tell someone that you know they're going not going to treat you the same way before they're going to kind of like take pity on you in a bit yeah so <laughs> yeah you want their pity because that pity is also their care their love yeah, they're only taking care of comforting yourself. yeah yeah but at the same time i don't want my friends to tiptoe around me you know mm-hmm. not talk about certain subjects around me yeah so it's a two kind of thing like that that made me confuse how much i should reveal to them you know yeah i still want to stay their friends i still want to have these same relationships these same talks that i'm having with them and i was afraid that our relationship was going to change once i reveal my true self yeah so now you're like more stabilized right yeah. so what was your way out of it you did a, did you start a rock band <laughs> no i'm not as talented as you <laughs> <laughs> you started a pub Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's kind of like a cure in a way. Yeah. But I have this distinct incident in my mind. I'm so grateful to my friend Linus who I made the first podcast with. Mm-hmm. He made uh he played a major role in me being better. He sent me this podcast uh my first ever podcast I listened to. Mm-hmm. It was this psychology guy and he talks a lot about mental health and Uh the thing is if i see like inspiration video yeah. like something triggers in me i get motivated i'm like i'm going to conquer the world yeah. <laughs> just by seeing like a 10 second video you know yeah. so that affects me deeply thank so, you linus <laughs> thank you linus yeah uh, so yeah he sent me this video then i started looking at this person's more videos and started to get some tips or helps oh. uh, taking more responsibility you know great. that kind of thing what a great friend of yours yeah 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 but he didn't know that he was you know playing this role in my life at that time ah. then i started reading some health self help books yeah so in a span of like uh, let's say 2019ish to 1819 i went through this personal development i was uh, made my diet better i started exercising i started watching this you know motivational videos or mm. self help thing whatever i could try mm. nothing was working Mm-hmm. I did it as well. Mm. Nothing was working. No. 
everyone was like, you should exercise more. And I'm like, dude, I can't even get out of bed. Exactly. You know, I can't even take a shower. Yeah. And it's like, you should eat better. Hmm. I can't even cook. You know, I want a glass of water. I'm fine. You know, <laughs> give me coffee or death. So, you know, uh, it Exercise, was, like if you. It was like everyone had advices, mm-hmm. but they weren't living them themselves, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, exercise me. I, I, I love exercising. It you makes do? me like, uh, yeah, if you meet me after like an exercise session, I would be the happiest person alive, you know? For real? But What th- do you exercise? Like just like weightlifting, doing some cardio. The gym? Yeah, in the gym. Okay. But then that 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 high doesn't last long, you know. No. You you in the back of my mind, you know, this is temporary. You're gonna go back when you go when you go home. You can't. You're not gonna sleep. No. You're gonna have nightmares. Mm. So even though I made all these changes, I literally you see you see those like uh, war videos, like movies where a person, a veteran, is sleeping. They see bombs yeah, in their yeah, mind, yeah. in their dream, and they wake up yeah. sweating. Mm. I started having those. Yeah, me too. And that's super scary. You're like, I can't even relax while I'm sleeping. No. <laughs> Sleep is the ultimate relaxing thing. So yeah. I'm like, what the hell, man? Everything people are telling me that would make it better. Nothing is working out. Yeah, I know. So ultimately, I think I have small flu or something. I go to my doctor. Mm-hmm. And as I'm leaving, I do a normal checkup. As I'm leaving... I say, okay, hold on. Do you, I ask the doctor, do you have a psychiatrist here, a therapist, whatever? And he tells me, okay, what's going on? And he says, yeah, I have, uh, he told me like, I go through the same things as well. So he recommended a psychologist in the same board central. Mm. And I went to the psychologist and the first session, I didn't know opening up about this, like, I didn't speak about these things in front of anybody. And mm. once I started speaking, I started crying like so much. Yeah. That first session. I was laughing at the same time. Like, I was like, what is going on with me, you know? Yeah, it's like this hyper emotion, yeah. unstable, yeah. present thing. Exactly. Yeah. And it's releasing. Mm. So I, I went through a couple of sessions with this psychologist. I didn't like her because she was giving me advice, which doesn't really apply to my life. I'm uh. from a different family culture conservative you know pakistani family dynamic and all this is very different from Mm. what swedish is so she the advice she was giving me didn't really apply to me Mm. so i stopped seeing her making i'm still making my life trying to do better things eating better eating healthier nothing is working then i started having those nightmares and that was just the worst thing it's like it's like for a woman, like rape mostly happens to women. And for a woman, it's the most horrible thing, you know. And if you relive it over and over again, it's kind of like that. Like I was reliving my trauma over and over again. Yeah. And sorry. It's the worst thing imaginable. And then I was like, okay, that's it. The last time I went to the psychologist, she recommended, hey, do you want to take some medicine? I'm like... Hey, you're the doctor. You're supposed to advise me if I should take it or not. Why are you asking me? So I'm like, no. Like I've heard some stories like medication doesn't work. So I was like, no. Mm. So a few months ago, things are getting worse. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to this uh, psychologist again. I'm going to ask her for the medication. And though then uh, 
Yeah, so she says, oh, I'm a psychologist. I can't prescribe you medicine. You have to go to a doctor, you know? Yeah. So I was so lucky. I got this super nice doctor. I don't know what your opinion on Swedish uh, system is, but for me, I've had horrible experiences. The doctor seemed very incompetent. Okay. But uh, the doctor I found, like, she was just, like, recently fresh graduated. Mm -hmm. So she was like, okay, we're going to do this test, this test, this test. She was mm -hmm. like, every single, she wanted to check every single thing. Mm -hmm. And I was so grateful that, oh, finally got a good doctor who does, just doesn't want to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. give me the medicine and yeah. don't push rush me it. aside. Yeah. yeah. So... Then, uh, you know, Cetraline, probably yeah. you've heard about it. So yeah. she started giving me this and had some bad uh, symptoms mm -hmm. from like a uh, first week. Then, then I got better. Like I stopped having nightmares. I've stopped having anxiety. I stopped thinking about my trauma because it's hard to explain to someone that in a day when you're not focusing on a task, my mind would always go Yeah. something bad yeah oh every single minute every single second that my mind wanders it doesn't wander to when i was taking pictures it wasn't doesn't wander to when i was a roller coaster at my graduation mm. all the happy memories my mind is like hey just, just ignore that folder hey this dark shit yeah <laughs> let's, go there let's play that put it on a loop over yeah. and over and over again <laughs> yeah yeah it is like this and, and then that machine just stopped after taking medicine mm. So I'm happy for you. Yes, thank you. So it's been around two months now. Mm. I haven't had a single suicidal thought. My depression has almost gone. And I just feel super good. Yeah, I can see it. But at the same time, I don't think I'm fully cure of my mental illness because... It takes I, time, dude. It takes time. Yeah. But I'm a completely different person. Like it's gonna stay with me throughout my life. I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna get those memories back that I've lost. No, I don't know. But plus, maybe, also maybe you have to think of yourself as a new person. You know. Maybe. Because you're not going back. I'm not going back, definitely. But the thing is, like, I'm 25 years old. I'm like, who am I? Am I that person who was in the past? That's definitely a part of me. But now. My thinking, my way of thinking is completely different from before. Mm. I'm not that person anymore. So I'm having this kind of like a weird, confusing identity issue right now. Yeah. That in the back of my mind, it's like the monster is still there. And sooner or later, it's going to come back again. Even though this is the first time in like a decade. Mm. As long as I can remember, this is the first first two, three months I've gone straight without that suicidal depression thought. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I still have that, hey, it's going to come back. It's not gone. It's, it's going to come back. So I'm always like on the lookout, like of course looking behind my shoulder, you know? Yeah, of course. You've been suffering for so long. It's not that like, hard to see that, of course, you're looking over your shoulders, mm -hmm. you know? So it, 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 uh, like when you find your stabilization, stabilization, yeah. uh, I think like maybe the monster will go like further and further back in your mind, you know, Hopefully. so it won't be exposed that often. Um, and I, I think you can do it. Definitely. Like who creates a pod while you're not still fully cured? <laughs> you know, that's really something, you know, that's. You're, I, I think you're like kind of strong person and open-minded to meet new people to talk about this and also exposing yourself 
to the wild world because once you're in, on the internet, it's on the internet, you know. Um, so I I just look at you as a really like strong individual, and strong people don't go back. Have you experienced since? I'm guessing since your experience, you've also become more open to talk about it. And yeah, back and forth. Have you realized that? I don't know if you have the same experience that people who you wouldn't expect to talk about those things have come to you and talked about, hey, I suffered through yeah, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, 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 that's a weird feeling as well. Even through the podcast, I've, I have like people who I know mm. who I like, I'm not friends with, but I know like, you know, some people you follow on Instagram, we yeah. don't really talk to them, yeah. but they've reached out. They're like, dude, like I suffered through the same thing. Like if you want to talk or whatever, some, some people you never expect, you know, and that's a good feeling. Like, it is. It is a different kind of bond that you make with a person when you yeah. talk about these things. Really familiar kind of way. Yeah. So it's like family. We not know each other, but still we are bond, bonded mm. in some way, yeah. you know. Because this is the most deepest thing you can share to a person. Yeah, And exactly. I'm, I'm confused in some way. I don't know you. Why are you sharing this <laughs> weird thing with me, you know? Yeah. Like you right now, I don't... This is only our setting, second time meeting. Yeah. I, I'm confused, like... What? Why are we talking about this? Like, <laughs> we're completely strangers. Yeah. I never even told my best friends like these things. Like for the past, you know, I've known him what for for very long. Mm. But now I'm this weird area in my life where I'm talking about these deep things with complete strangers. Yeah. Well, that's why I. That's how I started to write a book as well. Started like I want to. Re I want to remember this shit. I don't want to forget anymore. You know, like we talked about earlier, memory issues. So I wanted to remember, so I started to write. And that's, I guess, my book is your pod, you know? When uh, when the book was done, I was done, you know? I published it, uh, it got some attention, and it then people started to come to me for, like, some, some people just wanted to talk, some wanted to give me advice, some wanted advice, some got a relative that is under depression and wants some uh, advice how to... to uh, um, meet that person and so on talk uh, also talks about uh, medication and so on um i guess it opened up new relationships and now i'm not talking that often about it anymore uh it's not that i don't think it's important anymore it's just that i you know i i talk about something else now but i still love to talk about it because it's engages me and it's really important to me it's an important part of my life uh, i mean i was sick for like four years you know unable to work for four years it's a long time and um i don't know where to come with this uh, except like I, I just think that it opens up new doors for you and it will give you a new path in life you know you will meet new people because of this so it's just a great thing going and on going on right now you're in, under depression it sucks but it's a great thing because you can't get any worse you know you can only you mean yeah, yeah. i can't get any worse you you, <laughs> you met the monster you know what yeah, i'm talking yeah, about yeah, you yeah. can't even sleep you know so you know what you're going through you already know this shit now it's time to get to know something else something new that you haven't been exposed to before that you haven't met before people you haven't met taste other food you haven't tasted before time to do something new because this dark shit, you already done it. You don't need to do it anymore, you know? So I, I guess that's my 
my way to see and talk about it. Uh, funny thing going on, actually, I'm having this lecturing at the mental hospital <laughs> uh-huh, okay. about the book and uh, the, the whole situation for other patients and their relatives as mm-hmm. a support group in February. So uh, I'm having these lecturings like once uh, every third month. Oh, uh-huh, that's really cool. It's weird to be back, you know. <laughs> now I'm allowed to walk in the corridor yeah. without a guard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm free now, you know. So it's a really nice feeling to to see okay, I know this shit. Now it's time for something new. That's you know? very brave of you to go back to that place which you had the most horrible memories and now you're going back in but for a different goal, for a different reason. Yeah, yeah it is. It's really cool. So I want to get a more clear picture like mm. So about your healing process. Mm? So going to the hospital helped you. But so what did you do when you come out? Uh yeah, well the first time was uh, a little bit, the first thing was that I wasn't allowed to have my my child uh alone. Who was she living with? Her dad. Okay. Yeah. Uh I could meet her sometimes now and then. Even when you were out of the hospital. Yeah, even when I was out because I was too vulnerable and they wanted to be really sure that I was stable before I got the care of her. Um so that was my first mission, you know, get healthy enough to get her back. So I did. Uh I started to eat something else than bread. <laughs> uh and um I still had a hard time to get out, you know, out of the apartment. It was too much expressions, too much to do, too much clothes to put on winter time. Um so it was too too big mission for me at the time, but I I I tried to get out. Uh the the main reason that really got got me like healthy was the MBSR, meditation therapy. It's based on mindfulness. So I went to the PTSD PTSD traumatic center at Andrids Sjukhus in the north of Stockholm. Uh, four hours every Tuesday and three hours every Thursday. And uh, it was a group therapy, but you had uh, some extra time for individual uh, meetings afterwards as a support. Uh, and ongoing was I on medication and I had this therapy. Uh, What do you do in therapy? Is it like just talk about things? Mm, yeah, it was more about... Um, you know support therapy just like how are you how are things going what are your thoughts right now uh where are you in the process are you getting your food done are you showering are you doing every, you know everything of the the, the base kind of self treatment thing uh you know sleep eat um um you know uh, shower repeat yeah, yeah. that kind of thing and then the therapy the mbsr that was more getting to know your trauma you know uh, so uh, uh what's it called uh, in, in swedish it's called kbt uh, therapy i think it's like cognitive um cognitive acting therapy uh so um that was like a trigger for trauma and i i read about it afterwards it was this doctor who also announced it uh that it was like it, someone with PTSD should not participate in uh cognitive in uh, uh cognitive uh, mm-hmm. cognitive therapy because it just triggers your trauma so that's why i was not sleeping for six months you know, i was participating in the wrong kind of mm-hmm. therapy okay while the mbsr it's more mind- mindfulness kind of thing it's more 
healing, revealing, get to know your trauma, see it, how to meet it when it occur occurs in your uh, everyday life. Um, how how to find like if you want to get if you want like the method of uh, being distracted, you know? Okay, so here comes my trauma. I'm getting the anxiety. I'm getting my memories. Uh, huh? Okay. Hey, trauma. Nice to see you. Uh, doing this shit right now. So could you like come back later because I'm busy right now, you know? And then get your mindset into something that you really like. So interrupt yourself, like distract yourself, do something you like. Uh, the thing was that I didn't know what I, I liked because <laughs> I lost everything. So I was like, nothing made me happy. I wasn't appreciating anything. I couldn't feel taste or smell or anything. Everything was gone. And the only thing I knew, I was like really sensitive to light and uh, loudness, like uh, sounds. Um, but I started at that therapy uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they really picked me up, you know. Um, I got stable. I, I like going there. I did my exercises, which was actually mindfulness uh, and just be present right here, right now. Not in the back forth of your head uh, and not in the future wishing you could do like everyone else or wishing you could be on Madison Square Garden. You know, why can't I? Why can't he? Uh, uh, why can he? Why can't I? And so on. And and stop being so jealous of everyone else. You know, that, that was the main key for me. I was really jealous. I was comparing myself to everyone. And um, I even was... Uh, I was even jealous at homeless people and junkies uh, living in the streets of Stockholm, sleeping with magazines, you know. I was jealous of them because they, was, they were so free. They weren't in the system. They were just, I fucked up everything and I did it good, you know. <laughs> and I was jealous of that because I was still in the system. I got this care. I got my eyes on me. I didn't have my daughter. Uh, everyone was not trusting me. Uh, because of my own, I had myself to blame for that. Uh, I'm sorry, my family. Sorry, 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 sorry. Once more. Um, isn't it a weird thing being jealous of a normal person? And you're like, you're so fucked up. Like you have to, you know, normal people mm -hmm. look up to be jealous of someone with billion dollars, someone who are famous. Yeah. But someone like with mental health is so fucked up. They're like, I'm jealous of a normal person. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and homeless people. Yeah. <laughs> No, but uh, um, that really helped me, actually. Mm. So I don't know what will what will be your key. Mm. The the main key for me was like, okay, I know this dark shit now. I don't need it anymore. I need something else. Uh, and mindfulness combined with uh, medication. And um, try to not be jealous. So now you're feeling much better. I do. Mm. I've been stable for several years years now. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you feel like that it, sometime it might come back? Or do you do you think, oh, it's gone now? No, uh, I know that it will come back if I get put myself in an unhealthy condition. Um, if I stop eating or if I stop sleeping, my PTSD comes a little bit alive because PTSD is, you know, uh, chronic. So it will be there. But, you know, I see my signals now. I see when I'm going down. For for instance, in my example, it's not for everyone, but for me, it's like I'm starting, I, I, I stop eat. I stop eating. 
Um, it's not that I, I think that I'm uh, big or I, I want to lose weight. It's not about that. Uh, it's just that I'm not hungry because I have these negative thoughts. So it kind of, you know, I lose taste and then I don't want to eat because I can't feel taste, you know. And then gets this negative spiral going down, you know. Uh, so that's my first sign. And when I see it, when I start to like, okay, shit, I haven't eaten dinner for like three days in a row now. What's going on then? You know, then maybe I have to call someone, um, you know, someone I trust just to talk. Then can get better. But most of the time I need to be focused. I need to be present. I need to be um, like really here and now mm -hmm. to get the shit out of it. So not get a grip on me and to drag me down again. I'm afraid because I know I won't survive one more time. Yeah. Mm. Oh. But uh, I, I did it, so I won't go back. No, that's true. I recognize that as well. Like, once you're free, like, it's going to be hard the second time. Yeah. Because, like, it's like, what's, like, a good analogy? <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone who's, like, super rich and they've, like, grown up, like, rich and they... Like they get all this money all the time and suddenly you take all this money away from them. No, no, no. A better analogy would be like say if it's a homeless person yeah. and then you give them some money, a new house, a new job and everything. They're living in luxury. Okay, and upset. you tell them, hey, it's all going back and you have to go on the street again. Yeah. And you're like, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> hell no. But also this aspect, another aspect I wanted to discuss is the family thing. Mm-hmm. Even though we say that family are the closest people we have, but in a way they're the most distanced people we had because people really talk about these things with their families. Mm. And I've noticed with that, my family as well, that they don't know what triggers me. I've never talked to them about it. So they would bring up things that are traumatizing for me from right. my past, yeah, like just casually because they don't know. Yeah, And it's hard for me to tell them, hey, Stop saying that, you know? Don't mention that again. Okay. Is there something like with the, in your like family or friends, like they would do something? Mm, yeah, when I started to take responsibility of my own health, when I started to get better. Mm, at the time, I know what you're talking about. When you feel that the anxiety is like crawling up inside of you and you're like, shit, 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 not, 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 not. And you're like, stop, 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 stop. But you can't stay, stop, 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 yeah. because no one gets it, you know. Uh, I get that situation, but then I stopped uh, taking care of the other ones in the room because that's what it's about. It's about their uh, knowledge and uh, maybe sometimes even like insecureness. So instead of taking care of them and like, oh, I will be bothering them i will be you know um the whiny girl you know oh she's always about herself she's always sad we can't bring her up you know instead of being that girl you know i was like hey uh i own my responsibility of getting better and this is the way i need to go and if they're in my way i will have to move them regardless who it is so if there is something that is triggering me in my trauma like uh, in a movie or some way um then I have to stop like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't watch it right, right now because uh, it will bring me emotions that I don't, I'm not comfortable to bring right now. Can we do something else? Uh, or like, 
um, hey, uh, this is a really nice subject to talk about, but in this discussion, it triggers me a little bit. Could we talk about something else? And most of the time, a lot of people gets it, you know? And if there is someone who's not getting it, I'm not interested in taking care of that person and educate that person because it's not my responsibility. My responsibility is only to take care of my life, you know? And that person has to take responsibility for their life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I try to separate it and not to be concerned about their life in my life. You get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I'm not as uh, brave or courageous like that. Like in some cases, I've started doing this small, like when I'm with my friends or some things with my family, Mm -hmm. like I've started distancing myself when something like that happens. Mm -hmm. But it's still like, I'm you not. still feel like okay, so it, I still feel like I need to if I do if I distance myself or do something yeah. that is in my uh, in my favor. If I do something in my favor, mm. I'm still thinking about the other person. Oh, they might feel like I've disrespected them, or I'm um, I'm still I, I'm. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So, but flip it. Okay, let's flip it. Okay. Okay. So uh, instead of like you um, you know um, taking care of them, as I said. Uh, so basically, you're telling me right now that it's more common sense that you are suffering because that's what it is. Yeah, you are suffering, and it's kind of a torture. It's not that even a suffering that you, you maybe cut your finger a little bit when you slice that tomato, and then you slice the next tomato, and it's like painful as fuck, you know, uh, or you put salt into it, you know. It's not even that way. It's like you chop the fucking mm-hmm. arm off, mm-hmm. you know. It's that kind of suffering because it doesn't stop there in the room in that discussion. It doesn't stop there. It's like you're going home and you bring it with you. Yeah. And then it starts in the night as well. And you wake up the next morning and you're still tired because you didn't sleep. So it's worth to suffer like a lot of hours just to not bothering a conversation. Is that what you're telling me right yeah, now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, okay. I, I, now I understand. Yeah. I get it because I've been thinking the same thing, mm. thoughts as you do. Uh, so I get it. I respect it. Take as long time you need to get out of it, but please do get out of it yeah, because yeah. when you do, you're a free man. I feel like I don't take my own advice. Like I would be telling my friends to do some shit, but then I notice I'm doing the same shit. <laughs> yeah, that's why we shouldn't give each other advices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is my last advice. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm not living the same way as I learn every time. But when I notice myself, like. Why am I suffering right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right. It's because I put someone else, bef- someone else before myself in my life. But I should put myself my first in my life, and yeah, that it's person, your life. <laughs> yeah, because it's mine, uh, and that person should do the same in yeah. their life, you know. And then we can meet and share things and share conversations. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we put someone else before our own healthness, then we're, you know wrong out of the league that's my yeah. opinion but yeah. yeah but there is no simple cure for it i've like in the past when i did have a lot of bad anxiety mm. like let's say my friends arrange a get together a hangout mm. i know that first of all it's hard for me to get out of the bed get out of the get out of the apartment then i know once i'm there i might have a fun time but as soon as i leave the door I'm constantly going to be thinking, hey, did I do something wrong? Did I say this shit? What are people thinking about me? Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to meet me again? Do they want, did I make our relationship bad? Mm-hmm. Like these thoughts just keep coming and coming. Mm-hmm. So 
that's one scenario if I go to the party. If I don't go to the party, then this thing's, hey, uh, I'm not hanging out with my friends. Like, I wish I could have some fun. And, you know, like, they're not going to like me. They think, uh, you know, I'm always at home. Mm. So it, there's no right answer. Like, <laughs> both ways, I'm suffering. Yeah. <laughs> I have a big, like, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. <laughs> so at the same time, I want to be engaging yeah. with those things. But I know when... No, like thank god now all that shit is gone mm. like i've noticed uh the first time after taking medication i went to like this event mm. and i went when i came home like not a single thought about oh did some people feel uncomfortable did i say something wrong and then i i acknowledge that myself like like what hey. what who am i <laughs> what is I happening stopped. here yeah, yeah i stopped doing that thing i stopped doing that yeah that that's great a, yeah that is a good feeling yeah Do you know why it stopped? Because of the medication. The medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hmm. I want to give your, I want to have your opinion on this. So the friend I mentioned earlier, like he has uh, same shit like anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, and he had a bad experience with medication before, and now he's completely against them. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna keep suffering. Like, how can I? I've tried everything. I don't know how to help him. Okay. Uh well, I never recommend anyone to start with medication. Uh most of the political side political side of it in in Sweden. Uh, uh because it's been a treatment. Uh you know, um a lot of people come to to a drink uh, or doctor and they give you pills and you go home. Mm. Uh, and that's because uh the psychologic um how, how can i say it? like hospitals but you know all of this it's occupied you know it's a line uh because we we are we are having a pretty decent life you know yeah, um, yeah. we're a pretty rich country country and still we're not happy um so it's a lot of attention going on to the to the uh, psychological care yeah. right now And therefore, uh, I think a lot of doctors just give medication, go home to just, you know, filter out who is in deep need mm-hmm. and who can make it on their own with the medication. So it's been a kind of political view of it. And that's why I try to not recommend it to anyone. Uh, the only thing that I can tell is my experience from it. Um, if I haven't gotten the California rocket fuel Uh, you can Google uh, Google it later. Who which, named this shit? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I hope it's a rock star. <laughs> um, and anyway, uh, so when I got it, uh, I hated it. But uh, I, and I became a zombie. My relatives didn't recognize me. My family didn't recognize me. My friends didn't. They were like, who is she? And it saved my life. That's all I can say. Um, it stopped. You know, it stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it got quiet in my head. Uh, so I could focus on getting food done so I could sleep and so that I could get out every day to fresh air and so I could get my daughter back. Um, How it will work on your friend, I don't know. Uh, but if you have tested out everything else, which I bet he hasn't. No, that's, yeah, This he had one bad experience and then he's rejected all options he's like no mm. um try to maybe maybe you can try to like get him to go to like another kind of therapy mm. 
accept medication therapy, like go to, uh, like I said, mindfulness therapy, uh, cognitive therapy, um, I don't know, uh, DBT. Uh, I don't know the word in English. Uh, Anyhow, so like there is a lot to do, but if he's not open-minded, it's not your responsibility once again, because you're, you are you. Yeah. And he is he. But I get that you want to help him. I really get it. Uh, you can like prove him wrong by showing other persons sitting right here uh, who survived due to medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he wants to survive and when he gets to that spot that there's a 50% shot that he might not be able to survive, he will get the call himself. What do I want to do? Mm-hmm. But if you tell him the options and if you show him the proof, living proof that people really got healthier due to medication. Maybe that could be a line opening. I don't know. But... Um, yeah, ultimately, like, he has to recognize himself. Like, he has to make the decision, do I just keep living like this, which is every day is a miserable mess, mm-hmm. or do I try another thing to make it better? Yeah. Like, I can't give him any 100% guarantee it's going to work or not. I no. can just tell him it has worked for other people. Yeah. You might as try as well. Exactly. Like might as, you know, there's no harm. Like, does it get worse? Probably not. You're already at the worst stage. Yeah, exactly. For my sake, uh, when I got the correct medication, because California rocket fuel is only put in when you're in the critical mm-hmm. phase. And then they put it out because you can get addicted to it, you know. Uh, so they put it out pretty fast uh, for me it took like a, a long time anyway but anyway mm-hmm. now I got the correct treatment so uh, I have a ADHD uh, so I eat uh, concerta for that and I do also have bipolar type mm-hmm. 2 um, the bipolar thing is you know the medication is lithium and that's just uh, a, you know a, a substitute that my body can't pick up in food. Uh, you can eat it, and I can eat the same food as you do. Your body will, uh, well, I don't know if your body will, but if you're... Like a normal person. Yeah, a normal person, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the body will pick up the lithium from the food, but my body needs an overload of lithium just to keep a little, little promille from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I need to, like, expose my body into lithium a lot, you know? It's like insulin for a diabetic. And and that's just a, a a substitute, you know. It's not a, a even like a chemical mix-up. It's it's just yeah, it's a natural. Yeah, it's natural. To. Yeah, so um, it could even be like that. It's called medication, but maybe it's just a nature thing that your body cannot pick up from your regular basic food. You know, mm-hmm. it could be like simple as that. Your body does not, you know. Um, Picks up. Yeah. 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 Similar thing. Like uh, I've also like like read into it that if you have some vitamin deficiency, it also affects your mental health. And vitamins are like natural. Yeah. Occurring thing. Yeah. I was thinking about this. That okay. I have two things to discuss. First of all, like I recently learned how food actually affects greatly your mental health. Mm. Like. I was listening to the psychologist and he was saying food which has a lot of gluten in it can mm. cause inflammation and 
results directly in depression mm. and i was like wow like why wasn't i taught this at school or anywhere else like people are eating shit all the time yeah. and they're feeling bad and they're still they're thinking oh it's just something else yeah. not thinking it's food and it's such a basic simple concept that we don't know about it yeah yeah i heard it too like uh, adhd 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 hd thank you <laughs> my own diagnosis <laughs> <laughs> uh, people like if they eat gluten they get more hyperactive So there now Sweden has started with um, uh, different diets to kids in school who has ADHD, you know, so less gluten for them <laughs> just to sit the fuck down, you know. <laughs> And um, also read about uh, vegetarians, you know, not getting this B12 vitamin in, a, in the food on a regular basic uh, basis. So I started to eat chicken again. Uh, and I felt a lot better. I'm not saying that vegetarians, everyone is depressed, but it helped out for me. Um, so that's why I eat chicken now. Uh, food definitely like makes a big difference. Like, yeah, of course, like it's all like a mental thing, but your physical activities affect it like by a lot. Like, yeah, uh, maybe like food and exercising like definitely helps, but in some cases, like it doesn't. Like my brain. It wasn't like uh, it wasn't making the dopamine or whatever mm. like on its own. So I had to take this imbalance stimulator to yeah. like like. Uh, Have you yeah. tried out magnesium? Uh, like when you're feeling tired. I, I I do take like multivitamins and it has magnesium in it. Okay. But, uh, what is it supposed to do? I haven't like felt a big difference. No, but yeah, uh, when I get tired, when I start to like, oh, am I getting falling into a depression again? Mm. You know, when I feel that kind of tiredness that, that you can't sleep through it. You know, it's not like sleepable. Uh, how to get correctness? Really? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you're still uh, you're sleeping, 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 but you're still tired. You know. Mm -hmm. Then I put on some extra magnesium, and it's like, you know, <laughs> I get sharp. So when people are telling me, Nin, I'm tired. Have you tried out magnesium? <laughs> you know, I love magnesium. Uh -huh, okay. I, I guess I've it's from nuts. It. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that magnesium really helps with. Yeah. It, it, I heard. Uh, wait, I heard the opposite that if you take magnesium, you sleep well. Because you're getting this energy in the day, I guess. No. Uh huh. Maybe. You know. <laughs> wait. What if you take magnesium right before sleeping, so you wouldn't sleep? It's like caffeine. If you take it right before sleeping. No, no, no. That's no. I don't think that's it. Uh, But I've only taken it in the morning. I will try it. <laughs> it <laughs> I like, get back to you and yeah. I will tell you the result. <laughs> and then you're just like sleepless, wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doing your own science experiment. Yeah, and I was like, "Fuck, Moza." No. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to this podcast over and over again. <laughs> yeah, the first record, the first ever recording. I was like, "Oh, like I'm cringing at my own voice because when I'm editing, I have to listen to my own voice over and over again." Yeah. I like, man, this is weird. But now I'm so used to it. After mm. like two, three podcasts, I'm like, don't even like think about it. Like, oh, it's my voice or whatever. No. No, I know how my voice sounds. Yeah. Uh, I also was thinking about how, like, in these current times, we see a lot of people talking about depression, be, have anxieties, having insecurities. Like, one of the reasons is obviously in this culture now we are more open about mm. it mm. like in the past people were just not we were they were suffering but they were just not talking about it mm. but i was also thinking that 
one of the reasons could be it's just my theory it's not like yeah. something you know Go solid but one of my theories is that back in the day your whole world was maybe just your community your village your town whatever your city like you didn't you weren't hearing about oh a hurricane killed 100 people in malaysia right. or like there is a big amazon fire it like burned mm. down half the trees killed a lot of animals and you can take any example this flood killed this war like killed yeah. a lot of people their children suffering here and there yeah i think because we have gotten so globalized yeah that people have their anxieties overall has just gotten everybody is more aware of death like everybody is like oh the world is going to end climate change or mm. whatever mm. while in the past you were only getting news oh your neighbor got sick oh the exactly. only talking about your village your own town or your city yeah. you didn't know the greater knowledge of the world exactly i've also heard this like uh, this philosopher who argues that every action that human beings do are because we know that we're going to die one day so every action is a result of our existential dread yeah it makes sense so i like, think that i will th- eat otherwise i'll die exactly yeah so now that because of all this knowledge that i'm getting notification if i open facebook everybody's like oh they killed another a police killed another black person and oh israel is uh, killing palestinians or vice versa whatever mm-hmm. is happening mm. even though it doesn't affect my normal life mm. i know what's going on yeah and it has kind of like i think it plays a role in all the general population yes of like rising the anxiety of making us more aware of death and chaos in general yeah does that make any sense yeah i'm with you i'm with you I'm, i've been having the same thoughts actually because we're exposed all the time mm-hmm. from we, the time that we're waking up until we go to sleep and it's like not even if it's big things or small things it's just the things that i know what my friend is doing in the other side of sweden i didn't know that when i was a, a kid mm-hmm. you know Uh, or the thing that we can always get in touch with each other. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, we were running back and forth between the houses. Yeah. Uh, and if we were allowed to use the phone, you could bet that your friend weren't at home. Yeah. You know, so you could you would still have to walk over, you know. Uh, and it took time. It took time to, to reach your destination. It took time to get the information. Uh, it took time to get exposed to the to to the situations that you were exposed to to the informations and and so on that you were put into so your travel distance between all of these it took times um made you reflect more made you more present made you maybe um you know get to your more correct conclusions about things maybe you made up your mind about things because you were walking between you and your friend and you knew that I was a little bit angry and why was I angry? You started a conversation within yourself. When you find your when you reached your uh, destination with your friend, uh, then you knew what to say to that person because yeah. you have been reflected, you know? Mm-hmm. Nowadays you just pick up the phone, you send a text, you know, fuck I'm angry with you, you know, and you start this conversation and you get exposed to a lot of impressions that you normally aren't born to do, you know? So I bet the internet and the whole smartphone thing culture system that we live in now i bet it's a big cause to depression absolutely mm. yeah and also at the time when i was the most ex- uh, under depression the most uh, i couldn't handle the news at all 
Uh, I couldn't turn off, turn on the TV. I couldn't watch uh, the news. I couldn't read the news. In, in nothing, uh, because it was too much expressions for me to handle. Even if I knew that tsunami wasn't my fault, still I had like, could I done something? You know, can I demonstrate? Can I, you know, put my mind to this? Can I make a difference? It starts a lot of questions within yourself. That, Am I a part of this? Can I change things? And some things maybe we can and some things we can't. And that also creates questions within ourselves. But we don't have the travel distance, you know, the time to, to think and to like start the inner conversation. Uh, and I think that is the main reason. Absolutely. I hate talking serious stuff through text because you're not getting the emotion. You don't know if the person is being sarcastic or if a person is being angry. Why do you think the emoji came up? Exactly, like... We want sarcasm. <laughs> even emojis, like, you know, they're like... Emojis lie. Emojis lie, <laughs> and they have their own weird language. Like, yeah. um, if you send a smiley face to a person, mm? that feels like you're being passive-aggressive. Passive <laughs> like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, different yeah. emojis mean different things. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. If you can, if you send a red heart to someone, yeah. that's a more romantic thing. But if you send a yellow heart to someone, that's a more friendship thing. The emojis have oh, their own okay. weird uh, Yeah, language. that put me in trouble, actually. Yeah? Yeah, I need to, I need to get, the, like, a color education of those. Me too, me because too. Because I'm getting into trouble a lot, you know? So it's like, yeah. okay, when is the red one? When is the blue one? When, yeah, I need a course or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess like the newer generation, younger people, they know. Yeah, they know. Yeah, yeah like, like You know how we have different language courses, Swedish, English, Spanish. Yeah. We need an uh, emoji course as well <laughs> in the school. Emoji for, yeah, mm -hmm. grown-ups. Yeah. But, so you have a, you have a, a daughter. Yeah. And we were discussing this in my last podcast as well. My friend also just got a daughter, just one year old. Mm. And since you're getting all this information, oh, there's climate change is going to destroy the world. Humanity is going to go extinct and ruining everything. You know, social media is going to have a bad impact on children's uh, mental health and all that. How do you cope with that, with a daughter? You know, do you do you have some like, rules in your mind okay my daughter can only she shouldn't get exposed to social media that much or mm. you know what i mean yeah uh, do you have some boundaries yeah is something you want to do we had some boundaries now uh, <laughs> we're losing the grip of it now but it was stronger boundaries in the beginning mm. i bet um we talk a lot uh, I try to encourage her to find like um, the inner strength within herself. Um, I try to encourage how to make up uh, like your decisions regarding things and to own uh, your opinions. Um, so try to not get uh, like affected uh, of the environment around you, uh, people around you. Uh, it's hard because it's she's 13, so, you know, she's, you know, uh, at the time. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Hormones and so yeah, on. Yeah. Um, we try to, to, like, check her phone once yeah. in a while just to see what's going on. So it's no grooming, no, like, uh, big arguing going yeah, on yeah. and so on. But still, it occurs, absolutely, you know. Especially for a girl, like, uh, mm. like the 
groups get passive aggressive there are a lot yeah. of drama and bullying and also yeah. like being jealousy and all that yeah secret groups you yeah. know secret chat groups mm-hmm. you know oh she's not in it but then one leaked to that girl yeah, so yeah, now exactly. she's sad you know yeah. uh, that type a lot uh, the environmental crisis and climate crisis and so on we don't talk about it in that way we talked about it because of Greta Thunberg became big um but i'm not afraid of my daughter getting exposed to news i'm afraid of her getting exposed to media and to um to like filter yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because she wants to look in a certain way mm-hmm. because a lot of people use filter and so on yeah yeah so it is weird that like social media is like nowadays like for example instagram everybody when you see a movie mm. everybody knows 100% that's fake if a person is being killed everybody know it's fake yeah. i think we should educate our kids to tell them twitter instagram is all fake don't believe what you see i i bet people do you know we talk about it but i don't think that people are getting it still no. and i think grown ups doesn't get it either no, so people like, are like f- generally getting angry and fighting on twitter with someone they don't even know yeah. it could be just a bot that's not even a real person like, yeah yeah and when people uh, like i have uh, I, i'm not on twitter any i've never joined twitter mm. and then i have some, some friends who are talking about oh this fight going on on twitter or i learned this new thing on twitter and i'm like is that really a good source are you really believing yeah. social media twitter news like yeah. what's going on yeah like are you you're an adult yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird concept yeah i started like when the news talked about uh, donald trump wrote on twitter this morning number ah uh, dude <laughs> are we really talking about yeah. this is the best live send time in sweden like national tv yeah. but we are talking about trump's twitter yeah yeah exactly we're going there dude <laughs> then i know like the world's fucked up so better enjoy it mm. see what what goodness comes up you know i bet it will be freaks like us doing great things <laughs> also the great persons will always be neglected the stupid people we get will get the ent- attention so yeah yeah exactly yeah but i bet the, the good people will still be there so i mm. have my hopes for them you know it's going to be great there's always the weird people who do extreme good or extreme bad like yeah! middle people they're just chilling yeah they're just chilling anything. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like if you want um like people look at Kanye West or like any Elon Musk any great uh, like Bezos whether they're good or bad they're different in a way like something you know is messed up yeah. they're like and they're 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 like really good they're like on the top of their field i follow a lot of uh, stand up comedy mm-hmm. so every comic they they say that something bad happened like all of them are like messed up like childhood yeah. trauma some yeah, yeah, shit yeah, yeah. Yeah. and they're funny because of that yeah and they're like i messed up and that's why i'm successful but yeah. i don't want to be i don't want my kids to be grown messed up mm. so yeah you yeah know, That's what it is actually. That's a key. You don't want your kids to go through all the problems, but at the same time, if they don't go through problems, they're not going to do anything great. No, exactly. Like you're doing here today. I don't think this is a great we're just talking. <laughs> no, this is great. We've been talking a lot of great stuff and I yeah, bet yeah. it will encourage a lot of people, especially your friend. Yeah, hopefully if he listens. <laughs> Make him listen. Yeah, I'll just spam him. 
Make him listen and make him come to my next concert. Oh, he's not in Sweden. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> make him come. <laughs> yeah, still make him come. Do I get free tickets? <laughs> yeah, I'll fix it. So, so what's going on? What's your what's your like goals now with the band? Do you have a tour planned up or a gig some some gigs planned mm-hmm. up for the future? Uh our next uh, gig will be in the north of Sweden in Luleå at the end of, of January 2022. Uh after that, um we have like a half planned gig here in Stockholm in February. Uh in Easter we're going to Poland if everything comes out great with the the covid shit. Uh so we have like a mini tour there and then in the summer May we will play here in Stockholm also in Gotland I hope. And then we have a booking gig in August as well here in Stockholm. So there are a few live shows going on. Um, our main goal will also be uh, to record some new songs in February. Uh, it's songs that hasn't been uh, released yet. So it will be will be great to, to record them and make some uh, music uh, video. Do you um, write all the lyrics or the songs? Yeah, I wrote, I write the lyrics. And not the whole song. Sometimes, sometimes I have the the structure and the melody, and then the guys like interpret their way of playing it. And sometimes we jam it out in the rehearsal room together, and then something comes up, you know. Um, I also have a solo project for the first time. Yeah, and I got the the latest mix today. Oh, nice. Yeah. When is uh, when is that gonna release? Uh, it's a song. It's a tribute to to my daughter. Uh, it started as a tribute to her but then uh, i wanted to be create a, something bigger like a bigger perspective about it and to make every girl who has ever been born uh, able to relate uh, to relate to the lyric so it's uh, written to girls um and um it will be released on her birthday when is that <laughs> the 27th of april okay nice so nice. it will be um, yeah then i will uh, i will I will uh, film a reaction video with her, listening to the song, getting the lyric, and yeah, to record it. And then I will also release a, a separated official um, video. Oh, music video. Yeah, music video. After that, it will go on on Spotify. So it's a like a project for six months going on, but it it will get there. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So um, when where can people see your next like dates? Is it on a website or your Instagram yeah. page? Yeah, we have a, a website. Uh, can I say it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, it's a uh, yeah, w www dot carpet dime dot se, and there are our live shows uh, on the show uh, menu, and you can see some uh, yeah pictures, videos. Uh, you can listen to the songs. Uh, you can uh, go to the shop, buy some merchandise, buy the CD. Um, we're on all the streaming services, YouTube, Instagram, and so on. So you can just search for Google, uh, Carpet Time, and then you will. Awesome. I had yes. a great time listening to you guys on the gig. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm definitely coming to your future shows. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I will give you your vocal warm-ups. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, I hope I don't have to do the vagina warm-ups. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll do them myself. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for coming. I had a really great conversation, really thank great so time. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. Thank you for listening. Peace be upon you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.